Welcome back, everybody. This is the No Cal Podcast. Once again, in the building with your boy Javier Fresco. I'm here with my folks, Doug's General. What's happening, brother? Man, you already know it, bless. Not stress. We ain't tripping. We ain't tripping, man. We ain't tripping. There's a lot of shit we still could be tripping on. We're going to talk about a lot of shit that a lot of people are still tripping on. But we ain't yeah. tripping for the most part. Nah, we ain't tripping. Because we know the so secret. Good. We got the sauce. For sure, for sure. So, um, we're just going to kick it off with the with the hats off segment, man. Um, today, we want to take our hats off to Miss Keandra Smith. Uh, recently, she was... Some spotlight was shining on her for a product she developed for black hair products inspired by her daughters. Um, Good Morning America created a video. It's uh, servicing on YouTube and on the internet right now. If you want to go check that out and kind of look into her products, we definitely want to uh, send some support her way. So, you know, you got black hair and you've been looking for some products that really, really help us out. Uh, that's really for us. Uh, be sure to go check her out when she is online. Man, hats off to Miss Smith, man. It's crazy that at a time like this where um, everything seems so controversial and black people seem to be getting beaten down, people still rising out the ashes like Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? People right. still coming up. You know what I'm saying? Like, people, we still, it's showing our resilience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's showing. Yeah, we need a we need a lot of positivity coming out right now. Yeah, if you want to go follow her, um, her Instagram is at Keandra underscore S. Keandra spell K E E U N D R A underscore S. Man, go check it out, man. It's very very dope. Man, hats off to Miss Smith, man. For sure, for sure. For sure, for sure. All right, bro. So. We about to get into it, man. <laughs> I, I need to take a deep breath, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> a lot did happen. Yeah, a lot has happened. and I mean, a lot of the same that has been transpiring over the past few weeks, but a lot has developed since then. Um, when I say that, I'm speaking of the George Floyd situation, um, as well as some other individuals who had experienced injustice by police departments in this country who happen to be black. Uh, around the same time so there's been a number of agencies organizations I would say um, especially sports organizations and sports figures coming out and making public apologies for stances that they took prior to the protests um, of George Floyd's uh, murder so you have the NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell coming out and, and, and releasing a statement um, apologizing and saying that he that they were sorry that they didn't listen to the black players um, <laughs> when they first addressed the situation. Man. Essentially, he he's sorry that he didn't address it when Colin Kaepernick took a knee and everybody was tripping balls and shit. Yeah, because bro was taking a knee, which was, he was demonstrating a peaceful protest at the time, but nobody was in agreement with that. You have people like Drew Brees coming out making public apologies after he made statements saying that he does not stand with anybody who disrespects, disrespects the American flag. Um, during the the national anthem ceremony before every game, he doesn't stand with that. He had a bunch of teammates, you know, jump on his back, make a lot of negative comments pertaining to that statement that he made, and he came out and apologized. So what do you take of all these corporate apologies, bro? It's... Um... I feel like it's somewhat counterproductive. 
Well, not somewhat. It is counterproductive because there's no sincerity in it. It's a it's a trend. It's like a um. What I, how can I how can I say? It's like um. It's like it's like somebody saying, "Not it." <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, it like, wasn't me. <laughs> like like not it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's yeah. what it is. It, it seems like that's what it is. Like, nah, you're not gonna catch me up in it. So I'm gonna go yeah. ahead and put something out before. You know, it's like it's a bro. Whenever you got Pornhub putting up uh, <laughs> a statement saying, "Man, we we with the Black Lives Matter," com-, you know what I'm saying? Damn, like, I ain't, I ain't you know that. Bro, no, I know, I noticed 2K did this shit. 2K, 2K and Mad Men doing this shit. Pornhub, Apple Music, like it's like it's like everybody, bro. That's before what I'm saying you, to before me, bro. the first thing when you go where when you get ready to click on something and you go to it, it's like that's the first thing you see. We want to send want to send our condolences to George Floyd, like, bro. Really? It's like don't be be sincere. Don't be. It's almost. It's almost like it's become public opinion. Like, it's the. It's the fad. The newest thing to do. The trend That's thing it. to do. That's it. It's trendy. Everybody is is jumping on their bandwagon, and like you say, bro, I really question the sincerity behind a lot of this because people were so strong with their stands not so long ago. You know what I'm saying? We not so far removed from Kylie Kaepernick taking a knee. And people that I, you know, would come across in my day-to-day walk felt the way about it. Not just these organizations, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, everybody felt the way about it, and now everybody, I mean, I had this white dude, bro, I'm talking about, I'm walking out the sandwich shop, bro. Mind you, nobody has really been talking or touching or moving around like this since COVID-19, so I go pick up a sandwich. Yeah. I'm on my way out the door, this guy made his business, bro, to hold the door for me, bro. Extra nice. Super, bro. Extra nice. He like he on some. Come on through, buddy. That's the same thing happened to me, bro. I promise. I'm like, bro. the same like, thing no. happened to me. They super jolly. I'm at the drink. Bro. I'm at a Circle K, at the uh, the fountain drink machine, and I'm like, uh, how's it going? You know, I'm gonna speak. You know, we are gonna speak with in the sound like, I'm like, how's it going? Oh, hey man, how's your day? I'm like, <laughs> what? Like he really gives a fuck, right? <laughs> what? This shit's crazy. How was my that don't day? happen for for those listeners who are not from Mississippi. That does not happen, Mississippi. No, a black motherfucker ain't finna come ask you how's your day in Mississippi. <laughs> for real? Like, what are you? What? What is this? Man, it's just been. It's like, man. It's like you. You know, it's unoriginal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if it was, you don't know if it was original. It's, it's disingenuous, bro. But. You know, it's almost to me. It's almost like a mockery as well because you got uh, certain members of, of the Democratic Party that came out with uh, it taking a knee. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, come on, bro. Made idiots of themselves. It's just, it's just crazy. Everything's Nobody... for a photo op. Everything a photo yeah. op now. It's even like I don't want to. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna spew that kind of stuff. In the streets, you know what I'm saying about the Black Lives Matter movement and the intricacies of these protests. I'm not gonna do that because, like you know, what I'm saying what happened in our house, stay in our house. You know what I'm saying we we gotta deal with that amongst each other. But at the same time, I heard a, a very interesting point of view 
It was like, well, if we gonna if it's let these protests be educational, don't let them be yeah. photo ops. You get what I'm saying? Let them right. really do something for the people. Let them really be a protest. You get what I'm saying? Let it really be out there. Get out there and really protest and really it's to inform these white people or inform these whoever these these the the people that are on the side of systematic oppression and police mm-hmm. and police pr- brutality because that's what people marching for people ain't marching because George Floyd did people marching because we've been marginalized systematically oppressed we over policed in our communities all of it so you know yeah. and it's interesting you say that because I was watching the David Banner podcast I, I challenge anybody I don't want to say challenge but uh, I would encourage anybody who wants some, some pretty good information on these type of topics to definitely check him out especially this one of his most recent episodes he talked about this in particular um, and you know it's it's you want to take these type of moments and not just make them be something that look like something like you wanted to be progressive and you wanted to have a, a end result, you right. know, is it has to be productive. So, like you say, you don't want to just, you know, we look back ten years from now, like damn, it was a whole bunch of people in the streets taking pictures and shit, and, that's and we it. still fighting the same thing. Yeah, definitely don't want to do that. So man, right. we're talking about we getting we getting ready to talk about my boy again. Now, this is my guy. My guy that showed up to be the true Look, living goat. <laughs> listen, bro. It's, it's like we. I, I feel like we fishing to find some shit to talk about this nigga about, bro. Since last dance over with. It's my boy, it's like, man. Like we gotta find something to talk about this nigga about. But this is some very, very good shit to talk about him about because bro yeah. came through like you said, like a true goat. He came through in the clutch yep. once again, and we talking about Michael. Jeffrey Jordan. Yes, sir. A.K.A. Him J. <laughs> yes, sir. So, Michael Jordan, first and foremost, it's been said by the uh, NBA, um, NBA commissioner, and a lot of a lot of other people around the NBA that Michael Jordan has pretty much saved the rest of this season. Um, you know, they came out early this week releasing a statement saying that you know it was going to be. 28, I mean, 10 less teams. So, 10 teams wasn't going to the playoffs. I mean, wasn't going to resume the season. Excuse me. All right. Wasn't going to resume the season. And they had, you know, different what they were going to do to playoffs. So, Michael Jordan stepped in, which is one of the owners in the NBA. We got to applaud him for that black owner in the NBA. Yeah. Um, stepped up, and he suggested that the NBA not make the NBA playoffs gimmicky. So, he's saying that we should, we should keep – the same system that we've always had, best of seven games, whoever comes out on top, that's who wins it. And a lot of people are applauding for him taking that stance. And I think as a fan, we really appreciate that, man, because we get to see – we can't really watch the season like we want to watch the season. So to kind of finish up on, um, you know, the playoffs, or to finish up strong with the playoffs, right. I think is a good look. Yeah, no doubt. Most definitely, I believe that – my boy Michael Jordan, man, he he he's proven himself to be great once again, man, and to show that he really is an integral part of uh, the NBA. 
and that he's going to always make the sound the most sound decision when it comes to basketball. Man, Michael Jordan is basketball through and through. So I'm 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 glad that he had the the wherewithal and the gall to say, nah, man, we can't do it like that. You know, we gotta do it the traditional way and we gotta keep it going, you know, in for the sake of basketball. And people who like basketball like me, fans like me, that really wanna see, you know, the best get there. It's not just some people that y'all choose or whoever had the best record at the time. Nah. Let them boys get out there and play. Yeah. Especially, I mean, with this much time off, man, you know, it's going to be a challenge to kind of get everybody back in the shape that they were when they was playing. They damn like, what, like three months off from yeah, three playing months. ball now. So. Yeah, three months. So, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of tough, bro. You don't get in the basketball shape not playing basketball. So, it's going to be interesting to see how the season ends and then those teams that when they go, if they have to go to, man, a seven-game series – it might kill some teams, bro. Just to be honest, you know, that alone. Survival of the but, I mean, Yeah, it really it's gonna really it's gonna be a real showcase of heart. Um, and I feel like whoever comes out on top, they're gonna they're gonna be deserving of it. Yep. That's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting, man. It's gonna be very interesting. But you know, your boy, he been putting in work the whole time they've been off. So that's gonna be interesting to see how he come out. Opposed to how everybody else come out. Who the boy LeBron James, uh, Lebanon. <laughs> Listen, I, I, it's crazy because I've been seeing him work, and I've been seeing a lot of other dudes sitting around playing two K and shit. That's what I'm saying. With they little boy. You get on Instagram, you know I mean? that man working. And them niggas in the house sitting back, blowing back that gas <laughs> on that game. For real. And bro, you know he out here getting it so. It's going to be interesting to see. And like you say, it's going to be a real display of social Darwinism. And I think we got to thank Michael Jordan, man, for stepping up and speaking up. Yep, yep. Another thing that he's speaking up about, well, another thing that he is contributing to the black community, he is set to spend over $100 million in the span of 10 years in the black community um, to kind of help, you know, the advancement of black people. And I think this is very, very key at a very, very key time because if you look back at the Last Dance documentary, it speaks on how Michael Jordan never really got into politics. He never really took any sides. And this is a case of him putting his money where his mouth is. Yeah. That's a lot of money, $100 million. Even though it's over a span of 10 10 years, you really don't know how it's going to be spent. But how would you like to see these funds be spent? in the span of 10 years that you think it really helped the black community get to where we need to be? I believe that first and foremost, you have to invest in the next generation. No, you got to, but we need to invest in our next generation with things that are going to matter. My boy, I ain't used calculus yet. No. I ain't used trigonometry yet. Nah, I ain't going to do it. That, it's pointless. You get what I'm saying? If I'm right. not gonna be a, a a quantum theorist, or I'm not gonna be a a person that 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 be a jet propellers, I don't need that. I'm good. For sure. I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I don't need that. We need to teach our kids. We need to invest into our kids some real skills, some agricultural skills, some some real techno. You know, some technological skills, some like some. So to put them on the side of inventing new technology for the problems that we have in the day, 
You know what I'm saying? Like climate control. Like pollution, like waste. You know what I'm saying? Like we got to be we got to start like getting the wheels turning with our youth. So that'd be the first thing that I think we should invest in. Well, he should invest in. I definitely agree with that. I mean, I hate to see like you you know, you hear about so many so so large a sums of money being put into certain things, right? Yeah. In a lot of situations, money get put into organizations and they just break that down however they budget is set for that year. And you really don't know, you know, if it's really going towards something that's going to be worthwhile when it's all over with. So, like you said, I would like to see it put into something that's going to be um, something that's going to have some movement and not just something that's just giving, just funding this organization. Like, something that's going to actually make a splash, make a ripple, and then make a, you know, that'll touch more people than just one organization can touch, especially in the span of 10 years, bro. I like to see some some, some schools being built, like some, you say. Some clinics, bro. Some clinics. clinics like, I'm talking about some, some health care in our community. Like, that's stuff that people don't talk about. You know? <clears throat> Excuse me. We grew up with a clinic in our neighborhood. Dr. Lucas' office. Used to, you remember that? It used to be in our neighborhood. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. When we was kids. Now, if you go to our neighborhood, it's not a clinic. But you know what it is in, in our neighborhood? A plasma center. You get what I'm saying? Something that's 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 a succubus of the community and gives somebody a few dollars that's gonna be a succubus is gonna benefit off you, but there's nothing there to help you and for you to benefit off of. You get what I'm saying? I don't. I, I mean, I just that's just my standpoint. I want to see healthcare. You know, some free healthcare because healthcare is very expensive. You know what I'm saying? Some free healthcare get our get our students into some some practical some practical activities and some some practical studies, man. And and if we gonna invest in athletics, let it be to a point to where the athletic athletics are like it's for like safety. You get what I'm saying? It's not all about just recruiting the best, paying for the best players. It'll be for safety. Make sure these kids know what they're supposed to do and they know what they're supposed to know about the game that they're playing. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, you know, just to kind of go back a little bit, I do I understand what you're saying about, you know, what was in the community and what's not. Because it's it's a lot like, you know, we, we, we talk about a lot of things when we talk about these type of situations, you know, what's going on in the community. There's a lot of government officials that that play a part in this. And it's a lot of what the community allows to happen um that comes to comes to play in these type of situations as well. Um but, you know, we have to find a way. I would like to see I can't I would like to see housing developments. You know mm, what I'm saying? Yeah. Something that give people a better quality of life. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? And like a lot of people a lot of people don't realize, man. A lot of people donate plasma, and it, it does really save a lot of lives. But in certain situations, certain areas, there's nothing else that people can do for income, and it's crazy. For whatever reason, you know what I'm saying? It's like the job market is not as as is is vast enough for people to really just go out and find a job to make money. So people have to do whatever they have to do. But some people don't donate with that intent. But you know, that's just. The community we talking about, that's pretty much the situation. Yeah. But I would like to see people develop housing plans, develop 
businesses that bring jobs to areas like that so people can have money because all of it all goes goes back to poverty bro like a lot of people that's it don't have money (laughs) simple as that so you know i would like to see us come up economically we can find ways to invest money to black people to where we can come up and economically then i mean i'm all for that that's what i want to see yeah no doubt man and that's gonna that's gonna have to be like you said that's the that's the main that's the main thing that needs to happen at the current moment that we need an influx of patronizing our own stuff we need to influx our own community with our own dollars and if Michael Jordan gonna be the first person to do that, then you know what I'm saying it got to be a trickle down effect from this point. Now LeBron mm-hmm. can throw in his, whoever else can throw in theirs. You know what I'm saying they can throw in, throw in, throw in, so we can get our make our community affluent, like everybody else's is. You get what I'm saying? Like so, that's what Ultimately. I mean by you know put some stuff that take the sucky bits out of the neighborhood and put some things like you know the housing developments and stuff like that. Give people some opportunities, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so I'm with it, man. Uh, shout out to MJ for that, for those contributions, because we're gonna really be looking forward to the NBA playoffs. Yep. And I'll be looking forward to see the next ten years what what's being funded and what you know progression we're making in the black community due to this contribution. Very, very, very dope stand, MJ. For sure. Real talk. All right, so bro. There's been a lot of talk since we're talking about basketball. We're talking yeah. about a lot of there's been a talk of a lot of star recruits considering going to HBCUs. Yeah. I've had a couple conversations. I've actually seen a lot of uh podcasts kinda speak about this, you know, these star athletes. I think we talked about it a couple episodes ago and some of these star athletes start going to HBCUs, how we'll see a shift and, you know, our community as well and you know to kind of bring value back to our university so we can be able to educate our kids how we want to educate them and teach them you know the real way of life for us and the way we should be moving going right. forward right so what do you think about you know these I, star athletes i got my opinion but i want to hear what you you know how you look at it how you see it i look at it like man it's it's a yin and yang it's double-sided to me well, it could be very beneficial for a Bronny James, for a Bronny James Jr. to go to a, a, a FAMU or to a Howard University, but I don't know how he would adapt to that situation because them schools in the hood. You get what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know. He'll be like a fish out of water. I don't know if he would thrive in those environments because he's not, he wasn't raised in those environments and it's to say. A lot, a lot, especially basketball, because they take those kids and put them in, you know, pretty good situations, you know, and they play AAU ball up until they get ready to go to college, you know what I'm saying? So they're not seeing the rough side of life really like that. Yeah. And if you go to an HBCU, bro, you gonna see that. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody. Yeah, ain't no way around that shit. Man. Everybody that the been to an HBCU, you know, man, you. You got that corner store that you don't. You got that corner store in the neighborhood you don't really want to go to, but you. That's the you only store go. you gotta go to. You know what I'm saying? Like, you mix in with the locals and you might get into it with them at a club or something. You know, it, it, it's that's you know that's bound to happen, and I don't know if they would be, you know, uh, ready 
to they'll be like a fish out of water. On top of this, like, like, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I'm just gonna say I feel like this kind of a it's a, it's, it's gonna be an obligation on both university and you know the individual that chooses to go to this institution because it's it's a it's a different way of life, hands down. When yeah. you go to HBCU, yeah, and you you know compared to a D1 or Ivy League school, it's, it's night and day. It's night and day. Mm-hmm. And you got all of them factors that you just named. But I think, you know, if you got these type of guys, you got this caliber of player that's going to come in, I think you need to develop systems in order to protect them. Not something that will, you know, violate NCAA rules, but, you know, something to kind of – because, I mean, you go to a D1 school, you don't just walk around and just see your star athletes all day long. Yeah. If you do, you know what I'm saying, they – Oh, that's so and so riding off in it. You know what I'm saying? They exactly. ain't just sitting around just mingling with people. So you kind of, kind of gotta adopt that same type of mentality when you bring in these type of athletes. You know, but I think it'll be huge in terms of HBCUs being able to upgrade and enhance their universities in terms of their gyms and facilities and things like that. It'll be and then they'll crazy. be able to recruit. Man, it'll be bananas. Like that situation the, we were talking about yesterday with the Ball Brothers, bruh. Oh my God, bro! Go ahead and tell so what the we were saying. What, you... what we was talking about, a hypothetical we was talking about on yesterday. We was like, man, in our pre-production meeting, we was like, man, what if the Ball Brothers? What if Levar did what he did for the Ball Brothers and they went to Howard, bro? Lonzo go to Howard, then him and Jello play on the same team, and then at the end of that, like they did at Chino Hills, all of them play on the same team. Lonzo, Jello, and Melo on the same team at Howard. And they go right. to the tournament. And they get to the Elite Eight. Right. I, I can't get on Final Four yet. You know what I'm saying? Because it's brand new. But they go to Elite I Eight, mean, bro. You got to think about it, though. And this is like that concept. In order for this to work, and, and you know, just for any type of blue chip athlete to go to one of these universities, it's going to take time. It's going to take a sacrifice. So, that scenario you explaining, that oldest individual will have to stay at that school for four years just to, just so everybody else could even be playing with them at the same time. Not only that, you're building up this universe because the thing about it, bro, if one star athlete go to this school and everybody else not star athletes are not even able to keep up with that, it's not going to be successful. You know what I'm saying? He can only win as much as he can win. Exactly. Does that take you? Maybe they take you to if you're in the swag. Maybe they take you to a swag championship. Maybe you make it to a Sweet Sixteen. Maybe you run out of gas somewhere yeah. before you even see Elite Eight or Final Four. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. So, with that scenario though, it explains the duration. It explains how much, how many more individuals that probably would have went to a D1 school. Now they're going to Howard. You see yep. what I'm saying? Yep. You have to put a team around these individuals as well. So now you're recruiting. And even once these guys leave, even if you don't make it that year to the Final Four, your recruitment is through the roof now. Yep. It's ridiculous. Your funding is through the roof it's now. It's ridiculous. Because I'm telling you. for the simple fact that Lonzo would have been the person that made the sacrifice and, and Laval would have been the, the architect of this. Joe, we need you to go down there. We need you to stay for these years until your brother come. And then when your brother come, we're going to do X, Y, Z, boom, 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 boom. Man, that would, that, that something like that would be so crazy because then 
you got kids and you got guys like, man, they'll feel a sense of ownership to that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you feel like if you take the cockiness out of it and you take all the broke out of it, you know what I'm saying, the the, the sense of ownership, like, man, it's ours. You get what I'm saying? Sure. Like, this ours, bro. You get what I'm saying? A sense of community around it. Right. And then the thing about it, man, is it's the moment that you made an impact yes. on the world. That'd be crazy. Like, you was the reason why everything shifted. Yeah. Like, you was a part of that reason why everything shifted. And that's what I'd be looking at, bro, how impactful things can be. It's cool to talk about and it's cool to see, but, man, just think about it. I got a six-year-old and a nine-month-old, ten-month-old, I'm sorry. By the time, if this is if this happens this year, by the time my six-year-old is a senior in high school, we got so many HBCUs that we can look at, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? A lot. <laughs> Even one we went to, Mississippi Valley State, I'm talking yeah. about this just because it's just everything has shifted in a different direction. Yeah. And if we keep the same energy, bro, with these protests, I really feel like I'm not saying keep the same energy and going out and looting and shit, but in terms of how everybody has this sense of black pride, and, you know, we can go beyond just posting memes and saying this shit and actually get, being proactive and start doing some shit. And like doing this. something, yeah. Oh, my God, bro. Instead of, man, I'm instead telling. of telling you, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, people, if y'all can, man, just listen for a quick, a quick second. Instead of going to that online university, man, take you a class at an HBCU. HBCU's got, search out the best program. Take that class online. Real talk. Like, I don't see how people don't think about stuff like that. We do. It's just, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's a motive thing. People, most people go to school online because they, and I mean. They're trying I, I to get a refund check. Yeah. And, but I mean, if the, for those individuals who are not, though, you know, because that's, I mean, that's just the basis behind, well, I'm going to go to this university because I heard they're giving back this minute, this much money and shit. And that's just no cap. You know what exactly. I you know, but, you know what I'm saying, those individuals who's really, really trying to go out not for that particular reason, I mean, you might still get one. That's cool. But, you know, look into a HBCU and take a courses online because all of them offer them. It ain't no real excuse, really. Like, why would Nick Cannon go to the Howard School of Business or wherever he went? What he go to school for law? He went to school for get a criminal justice degree? Like, why would he choose Howard? You hear what I'm saying? Like yeah, they gotta have sure. like they gotta have like prestige. Yeah, <laughs> it's some prestige to that, man. People think about that. We have jewels in our community. We have gems in our community. We just have to make sure that they don't erode. Right. We have to make yeah, sure our good. jewels and our gems don't erode. We gotta take care of them. We got to take care of this stuff that people have passed down to us. In our generation, we like instant, we, we want instant gratification. We need something to happen right now. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but we got to yeah. get up off the right now. We got to be planters again. Every so often, you have to burn down. You know what I'm saying? Stuff got to get burned down, and you yeah, got to replant. I live, I live in Mississippi, and we produce cotton and corn and stuff like that. And you might be riding around, you might be riding down the highway, you see stuff on fire. That's because they gotta get that soil. You got, they gotta turn that soil over. You get what I'm yeah. saying? They gotta get the nutrients back into that soil so they can replant. So now we're in a time exactly where we gotta we be. The, go ahead. 
No, I'm just saying this is exactly what we had. Yeah, man. We right stuff got stuff getting burned down now. Stuff getting turned over and exposed. All that old dirt, all that stuff getting exposed and turned over. So now we can go into the new. So now we can replant. So now 10, 15, 20 years when we here to see it and we ain't going to be that old. We 50, 60 years old. We still got something to, you know what I'm saying? We still got something to look at and be proud of. Instead of our, our whole world being burned down. Real shit. And I ain't going to be 50 years, I mean 50 years old in 10 years either. I just want I said 10, 20, that. 30, bro. Come on now. <laughs> I'm just saying. But yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right, bro. And I agree with that. And this is the point. This is the turning point. I put it like this, man. We don't do something now. Yeah. Along the lines of what we just got through talking about. We don't do something now. We ain't gonna never do shit, bro. Exactly. And if we do, we won't be here to see it. Yep. You know? And it's a sad case. But that's that, man. I encourage all the blue chips, man. Consider HBCU. Go on visits. Tour the schools online, however you got to do it right now with the COVID situation. Give it some thought. You know what I'm saying? We can really, really change. We can we, we can change the momentum, man, and have things going our way. Check out Prayer View. Football players, check out Prayer View. Prayer View A&M's new facilities, man. Football players. Yeah, that shit dope. Dope. <laughs> dope as hell. Yep. All right, bro. You, you know we can't leave. Ugh. Can't leave without doing it, man. It's time for the cap of the week. Cap of the week, man. Cap of the motherfucking week. Donnie ain't like Donnie. Donnie is not the cap of the week. He ain't. He ain't a part of the cap of the week this week. Oh, he surprised me. One of his constituents. We got one of his constituents. Uh oh. Miss Candace Owens. Bruh. Candace Owens um, put a Facebook live out. Last week, earlier this week, she says that she is not going to subscribe to George Floyd being a martyr and the media trying to make him out as a martyr. Okay, I can understand that. Uh, She says that she's not going to be on the side of uh, the media trying to make him out to be this person that's lived a great life and yada, 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 so forth. She says that George Floyd was a horrible human being. Whatever the case may be, that's Cap. That's Cap. Like I said earlier, like I said earlier, just a few minutes ago, that black people, we have to understand the things that we're taught as children. We have to remember those things. And our parents used to say before we go over somebody else's house and say, what happened in our house? Stay in our house. So that means that Miss Warren, if you don't, I mean, I mean Miss Owens. I don't know why I want to keep calling her Candace Warren. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why. But Miss Owens, if you want to reprimand the black community or the African American community, then you don't get on Facebook Live and do that. Well, you made some very smart, educated answers. And points you you got across some very good points about some of the things in the, that happens in the black community. Yes, some of that stuff is right, but you don't give white people gas to pour on us. You don't do Fuck that. No. You don't do that. It's one thing that she said that's real cap to me. She said that 
Um, racially motivated police brutality is a myth. Wow. She said it's a myth. That's cap. So when you hear that, what do you what do you what do you take from racially motivated police brutality is a myth? I I I don't know, bro. I don't know what the fuck she talking about. The only thing I can, I don't shit. I don't think I can see why she would say some shit like that is because is she looking for some some type of scientific theory that you know justifies like okay yeah this was motivated because it ain't no real way that you can prove it in her mind. I don't know, bro. I can't speak for this lady on no shit like that. But what I will say is that's cap. The reason being, go ahead. Sorry. Reason being simple is if we look at. Like we we've already said this, shit, bro. There was no police before the abolishment of slavery. Right. There was no police. People talk about sheriffs and shit like that. There was no police department and and prisons and none of that shit, bro. Yeah. Until the abolishment of slavery. Yeah. The police was here to police black folks. It's racially driven from its origin. I don't know how the fuck she come up with that theory. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> I have no idea. Another thing that she said, and I just don't, if you go, if you choose, this thing got, the last time I said it had 23 million views on a Facebook post. If you choose to go and watch it, I want you to listen to the cap. I want, I'm pulling the cap out of this situation. I don't even, whatever she said about us, I, I, I didn't express how I feel. Man, if you're going to reprimand us as a people, man, do it at the crib. Don't, don't do that in nobody else's house. Candace Orange, the, per- the person that's going to go over the white folks house, going to go over the neighbor's house and tell them all our business. You don't yeah, do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. you don't do that. But I want to pull the cap out of some of the stuff that she was saying. She said that, and I quote, she said that um, no other community upholds criminals like the black community. No other community rewards criminals or people that do bad things or negative, you know what I'm saying, negative negative imagery of people, you know what I'm saying, in a community. No one else upholds that but African-Americans. She said you want to see white people, Asians, or Latinos do that. Yeah, I heard her say that bullshit. We walk around with pictures a slave owners in our pocket. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. So you tell on me. me. <laughs> on me, bro. You tell me how many, what other culture, what other subsector of people don't reward um, racially motivated Systematic oppression. <laughs> you tell me <laughs> when, like when we, you got we, enslaved we owners on our money. It's like for real. This country is the epitome of this shit. But you know, there's been a lot of Confederate uh, statues going down all across the country. Yeah. I mean, I always, I said a while ago because they was they had this big argument over that shit in, in Texas a couple years ago. You can leave that shit up. We know what it is and what it ain't, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You ain't even got to do that. Yeah. But, you know, 
they they gonna uphold what they want to uphold, and we we'll uphold who we want to uphold. And that's what that's what it's about, bro. We are here to not let the character of an individual, no matter what they've done in the past or what they were doing thirty minutes ago, Joe Floyd got killed by for nothing. police. He got by killed police. by the police in the most disrespectful, distasteful way. It wasn't even like. This is, and I we said this. I said this a minute ago. I was like, <coughs> "Excuse me." This one hit different because we watched it. It wasn't quick. Yeah. It wasn't quick like it wasn't quick like you know what I'm saying. All the other situations that we watched, boom, 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 black man dead. This was nine minutes. And this I have yet nine to watch it, bro. minutes, bro. Of this man, you hear this man? I can't breathe. I can't breathe. They gonna kill me. I can't breathe. Mama. Mama. Like, seriously. And dude chilling. Like, yeah. Yeah, he gonna die. I ain't getting up. I'm not moving. We saw a murder happen. I don't care. This man could have been high cooler brown. Man. I don't care. That man could have had more dope in his pocket than a cartel. He didn't deserve to die if he wasn't yeah, threatening no. nobody else's life. Yeah, no. And that's what it come down to. It don't come down to what that man rap sheet looked like. It don't come down to, man, what we do in the black community. And another argument that I want to make is we're going to have to get up out of here. Because my last argument is that People like to to play this game to where they they compare white people to black people. You cannot compare white people to black people. It's, we are incom- incomparable for the simple fact, and I'm going to use one statistic. She uses statistics that more white people got killed by the police than black people. One... Is more white people in America than black people. Two, our communities are over-policed more than white people. Meaning that it's more police in our community on a day-to-day basis, which means they can catch more violent crimes, which means they can catch more petty crimes than in a white community. If you go to yeah. a white community and you chill and you post up, you're going to see somebody getting robbed. You're going to see somebody getting into a fight. You're going to see some domestic violence. You're going to see some drug abuse. Default you hard drugs. Methamphetamine. They use pills. They take pills. And, bro, I'm telling you, I lived in a white neighborhood. So I know it's like, bro, it's like I, I talk to, and I've talked to a police officer and say, yes, the most, the crime that we get around here, the most prevalent crime that we get around here is drug use and domestic violence. Yeah. But y'all over police our community to where it's a police on every corner. And you kill a nigga because he's selling loose cigarettes. Exactly. That means if you you ain't you got put you got people in our community that's not of our community, that don't understand the the culture of our community, and it's too many of them. So we gotta do something about that and before and before you speak, think before you speak. That's what I want to say to her. Think before you speak. 
Before you go on a tangent and you just want to look like you smart and look like you cool and to 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 your conservative partners and, and, and homegirls and make and, and make it seem like, yeah, I'm for all lives and I just want to be on the because you probably got some motivation of running for president or vice president or something. Think about what you're saying and the detriment it is doing to your community. If you really care. I'm done. I ain't mean to rant like that. Man, hey, I'm with you, bro. <laughs> I feel everything you said, and I agree with you, man. You know, Candice, a lot of people been trying to push that on me, you know, and, you know, I stand where I stand with this shit, man. I would just say to the black community, police your community. Yep. Don't let nobody come in your house and kill nobody in your house. Yep. See your black brother and your black sister as your brother and your sister that live in your house with you. Yep. If you see some shit like that going on, don't let that shit take take place. Amen. We got to come together, man. We got to look at it. We got to love each other like we love ourselves. And that's the golden rule. That's it. Man, look. So we finna get up out of here, man. Appreciate everybody for listening. Um, we just, we are about to start loading episodes up on YouTube. Uh, be sure to check that out once those videos surface on YouTube. Be sure to follow me at, at Javier Fresco on Twitter. Also at Sweatshop Fresco on Instagram. Man, I changed it, y'all. Y'all can follow me at Slugs the Zero on Instagram and Twitter. One thing. <laughs> yeah. I had to do the same shit. Man. Look at this man. Hey, we up out of here, man. Y'all be safe. Be careful. One love. No care podcast.